When I signed my incentive deal last year, uh, my friend had a chain. And I was like, dang, man, that's a nice chain. In a necklace? I never had jewelry in my life. A friend of yours who plays on the team? No. He another was, friend. Yeah, another friend. And last week, I finally went out and bought myself a chain. I got it Is on Is that right the one now. you got on? Let's it's see right it. right here, baby. That thing looks and good, And I love too. this puppy. Welcome to Needing Dough, the podcast presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. I'm your host, Andrew Hawkins, but you can call me Hawk. Here on Needing Dough, uninterrupted CEO Maverick Carter sits down with your favorite athletes. They talk about how they learn to manage the life-changing amounts of money that becoming a pro athlete can provide. And that's where I come in. I'm a former NFL wide receiver and graduate of Columbia Business School. I'm also the director of business development here at Uninterrupted, and I'm going to bring you the personal perspective on how these lessons from legends translate to you in your life. Before we get started with this conversation featuring the man himself, Rob Gronkowski, this show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and Chase. And lastly, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And now it's time to welcome the one and only Rob Gronkowski. I doubt I have to do much introducing when it comes to Gronk. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion, a five-time Pro Bowler, and he set numerous NFL records at the tight end position for the New England Patriots. But growing up, he was just the second youngest of five athletic and rowdy brothers. Let's get right to it. Here's my man Maverick and Rob Gronkowski. Welcome everyone to Needing Dough. Rob, thank you for joining us on the show today. Take me back to what it was like being in Buffalo in the Gronk family when you were a kid. Uh, yes, uh, I got four brothers, three older, one younger. And growing up in our household was just mayhem. Uh, it was mayhem. It was mayhem 24-7, right when we woke up to right when we were going to bed. Yes, we were having fun with each other. We all supported each other. We all had each other's backs. Uh, we'd go out to the corner street, go see our neighbors, play with all our neighbors, but we, we were a pack. Like, if someone messed with one of our brothers, it was a pack. You're messing with us. But inside the house, if you're messing with a brother, you're on your own, brother versus brother. <laughs> Even our parents let it go. Uh, we eventually fought so much and had so many battles that my mom used to just sit there, and she had her friends over, and we would start brawling, and my, my mom's friends would be like, are you going to do anything about it? And my mom would be like, nope, I just let them beat the crap out of each other, and then they settle it themselves. <laughs> so that's how, that's how we figured things out, because my mom just let it go eventually, and it was just mayhem all the time. And did your dad encourage the competition? He, oh, he always encouraged it, definitely. He loved the competition. He loved seeing us play mini sticks, basketball in the backyard. Uh, my favorite was backyard baseball. You know, the, in the base, uh, we had a perfect amount of field with a nice fence for the home runs. But he always encouraged the competition. But he had one rule. What was the it, rule? The one rule was never. You can never ever, no matter what happened, you can never ever throw a punch in the face or throw a no, punch at the saying, nuts. You can throw a punch <laughs> to the body and slam. Can, yes. No punches to the face. No face or to the nuts. So <laughs> every, everything else went. Everything else went. That, that's actually a good rule because everything else is fair. Yes, everything else and, is fair. And what did your dad, I met your dad and spent some time with him. What did he do, do for a living? Um, he started a fitness equipment uh, about 25 years ago. Ever since I got to the league, my brothers got to the league, we branched off and we started, well, throughout his company, we started Gronk Fitness too, where we sell accessories uh, throughout his company too. So it, it works it, it great. Was, it was funny when I met you, I'm from Akron, Ohio, of course, and I knew G&G Fitness because there was one not far from my house growing up, and then to find out it was your dad's who did it. Did your dad, as a kid, 
teach you guys? Obviously, he was teaching you to be competitors, but did he also teach you guys about money and finance and business? Did he talk to you guys much about that? Uh, yes. Um, I mean, it wasn't too much to an extent, but yeah. my parents were always great. They were always there uh, to supporting us, not just supporting us through athletics, but they hounded us on the schooling. My mom, my father, they hounded us on the schooling. And what's one big thing is you're never going to make it unless if you can get through the school, unless if you put that first. So they kind of helped pave that way so we can obviously do what we had to do in order so you can compete every single time. Because I see many, many athletes that have the most athletic ability out there, but they drop out in college, they drop out in high school, and it's like, yo, man, you don't understand. Like, you're the best player. You just have to get get a B in class, get a C, get a D, and they're going to pass you, but you're not eligible because of that. So my parents definitely strive that into us, which helped us out throughout yeah, our life. And your dad has talked about his dream was to get all all the brothers, all his kids, scholarships. And you guys, he did that. All of you got scholarships, right? Yes. Uh, yes, we did. My Oldest brother, who started it off, he actually walked on. He was the first. He, he oh, was the Gordy first walked one. On as a baseball he walked on as a baseball player, and after his first year, they gave him a full scholarship. That's so unbelievable. He and did it, hit. I think an unbelievable thing is also not only did you guys all get scholarships, you've all played professional. Yes, we've all played professional too. My oldest brother played in the minor league system for the Angels for a couple of years, and then the next four, we all played in the NFL at some point. That's, that is incredible when you think about it. To think about that work ethic. And that type of insight that your dad had that I'm going to make all five of my boys do. Did your dad instill that work ethic in you guys to, like, work your ass off, work hard? I would say so, definitely, 100%. I mean, the way I see him work out now, he's, like, 58, still grinds every single day, still does his yoga classes, still hits the gym <laughs> all the time. He's still taking his shirt off when we're at the house, like, look how jacked I am. <laughs> exactly. I'm, like, now I, I'm like, Dad, now I see where I get and it. <laughs> Uh, 58. See, I want to be like him when I'm 58. Yes. I've seen your dad with his shirt off. He is, still looks great. <laughs> he looks great. He loves showing off the, you know, the younger ladies. You know, wow, your dad looks so good. <laughs> blows his head up. Exactly. And, and then when you when you were coming out of high school, you obviously had a lot. Of, how many scholarship offers did you have? Uh, about 25. About 25. And what made you pick Arizona? Obviously, you went from all the way from the East Coast to Arizona. What was that? So my brother was going out there for the visit, and that's when my dad was like, come out for the visit, too. So my sophomore year in high school, I went on the visit with my brother Chris, who was going to Arizona. And I just went on the visit, saw the campus and everything my sophomore year, but it wasn't even for me. I was just tagging along. But I was looking around the school like, dang, this school is, like, amazing. Like, I love this place. I love the atmosphere, the weather, the campus. It's just beautiful out there. And then my recruiting came, and I just always had Arizona in the back of my mind. And ever since they saw me, too, with my brother, my dad obviously introduced, like, hey, this is Rob. He can be down the road. Uh, here's his highlight film, too, and everything, like, down the road. So then when it came down to my turn getting recruited, they came at me hard, and they offered. They were my first offer, too, right really? away. When you, oh, well, I think smart. you were allowed to get offered, like, your junior year or something. Yeah. They were my first offer, and I just fell in love with them. Rob, your dad is your manager. Tell us a little bit how that dynamic works. It's just great to have someone there that, who brought me through through my life, who's helped me to get to where I am, to be able to have someone that I can trust from the very, very beginning and just help me get through the process and, and lead me in the right direction. And it, it works great. I mean, he's not hands-on. He's not forcing every, anything ever. And he's never has forced anything. And he lets you make the final call. And lets me make the final call. It's just like anything else. And I think it's great. I mean, colleges, he wanted me to go to Syracuse, obviously. Yeah, but of course. I, uh, but it was the final call that we always had, and he just leads us in the right direction and gets us there and shows us what we need to do to get there. And does he, 
does he, for you, he probably lays out all the facts. Here's everything, Rob. Here, and then he probably gives you his opinion, and then you make yours. Is that how it works? Yes, definitely. He lays down the facts, the positives. I remember going through a recruiting process. He used to say, write down your four schools that you love, that you like, that you want, your top four. Write the pros, write the cons, weigh them all out, weigh the options out, and then pick from there. Got it. That's incredible. Because, you know, on Needing Dough, part of the reason we started this show was the fact that Everyone always talks about athletes go broke, athletes screw up their money. And I was always saying that's a bit of an unfair statement because athletes have a different dynamic than the rest of people. Other people make the most money later in life when they're experienced and know what to do. Athletes have to make these decisions with their finances at a very young age. And a lot of athletes, as you know, don't come from a family like yours with a dad who was an entrepreneur and understood it. So when you walked into the into the Patriots locker room, did you notice that like there were a lot of athletes that were young like you who had to make these decisions with money, but they didn't necessarily have a dad like yours to help them? Uh, well, going into my rookie year, I mean, I was young. I was 20 years old when I was drafted in the NFL. So I couldn't really say I was looking at these other players that were all older than me. They all looked like very professional players. They all they looked like guys that I felt like they already had everything in plan. Even if they were two years older than me, they were already established over a year. When you're a rookie, you're looking at everyone in the locker room like it's like, whoa, they got everything established. You have no clue what's going on. You have no clue what you to expect. Know, and did the other rookies, Did you? was there a lot of rookies in your class? Yes, yes. There's about 15 rookies in every class. And and the, the other rookies, did you guys have conversations about like, what are we going to expect? What are you doing? Oh. How to deal with this? Shit, this is coming fast. Because most people don't understand, not only do you got to make financial decisions and business decisions, but Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel's playbook, I'm sure, is a big-ass playbook. you got to learn that, that that's fast. A, that's a business itself right exactly, there, that playbook. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no. you got meetings. They have meetings for you in the NFL to set up, financial meetings, uh, real estate meetings, all that type of stuff to get you settle in so you feel comfortable of what's going on and the players within too, all the rookies within talk to each other too hey what's you doing how you, what are you doing about that what are you doing about this who's your guy and all that so that's share information so it's kind of like your rookies you're you're a pack when you're a rookie uh yeah. all together you're all sharing information with each other you're learning about each other you're learning how they're doing it because the older guys i mean I, you you can get a lot of help from older guys but i'm saying like to really get help from older guys, I mean, at that level, is it's a little different. 20, 21, 22-year-olds going up talking to a 28-year-old that's establishing everything is, is kind of a little frightening, too, when you first get in the league. I'm sure. And plus, the 28-year-olds at a different point in their career, their life. Yes. They probably have wives and kids. like a total different... Exactly. They're thinking about the world a different way than a 21-year-old is. Yes, exactly. And, and to your point... As you said, the the play the New England playbook is a, is learning a business in its own, and you got to do it fast too. People miss that about rookies. You get drafted in April, and you got to be ready to go in July. It happens very quickly, right? Yes, it does happen very quickly. I mean, here's a story. I mean, my rookie year, uh, the playbook was was insane to me. I mean, I was looking at that thing like, wow, how does anyone ever learn this? <laughs> There's a couple guys in the rookie class that were just picking it up like this, and I'm like, well, I came from. Arizona, our playbook was easy. I would say kind of easier, a lot easier than going into the NFL with the Patriots. And to tell you the truth, my first like eight games, my rookie year, they wouldn't put me out on the field. I was destroying, not destroying in practice, but I was doing well. I was doing decent. And I wasn't really getting that many balls. I had like 15 catches through the first eight games of my rookie year. And I'm just sitting there like, yo, like I gotta be on the field. Like I can, I can do work. And then I, I talked to a couple of the coaches and they're like, we can't trust you. I was like, what do you mean? They straight up said it like Yeah, they straight up said it. I was like, what do you mean you can't trust me? Like, 
I can catch. I can, I can ball. ball. I can yeah. ball. Like, yeah. I'm 21 years old now. I'm still supposed to be in college. I'm like, I can ball. What do you mean? That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. And going, going back to family, you talked, obviously, about Gronk Fitness and, and learning football plays, but you also did a great job of learning business and endorsements. How do you decide what to invest in or what to loan your name to the businesses that you get involved with? What's your process there? Uh, definitely a process. I mean, I would say beginning of your career, uh, your rookie year, second year in the league, you see all the, you see all the older guys doing things, doing commercials and everything. And I'm gonna be straight up honest. You just want to get paid. You just want to make, wanna money. make money. Whatever it your, is, your rookie year, you're like, oh wow, you're gonna you're like you're gonna give me like that much money so you can use my name. You're like 21 years old, and you're like, oh hell yeah. You don't even care what the product is. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there like, okay, bring. I remember I did something some crazy infomercial my second year in the league. <laughs> I still remember it. This day. I was doing it with like my roommate. I was like, yo, my roommate brought it to me. We were getting all paid the same. I was like, yo, this is great. I'm getting like $20,000 for just a whole to, year just to sign, just to do this little commercial for an hour. And, uh, and then eventually when you, when you, that's where you got to start. You got to start course, somewhere. You just want to, you just want, you just want to be part of it. You just want to feel the culture. You just look up to all the players that are in the, are in the big commercials and everything, but you know, you don't really understand the process though. So you're just taking everything down. So I remember I started like that for sure. I was just doing crazy things, just doing whatever, left and right. I was playing basketball in the charity basketball games for like a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> like, like, you're just loving it. Hey, but wait. it was a great time because you're carefree. You didn't know what was going of on course. at 21. Was the infomercial the craziest thing you ever did? I would say, the one, I would say that one is. What I, was the product for? Do you remember? I don't even know. But you want to know a funny story about that one? I'll tell you right now. I don't even care. So, <laughs> so I did that infomercial for whatever amount, me and my roommate. So he's the one who brought it to me. Uh -huh. And so that year comes. And... During the bye week that year is the time I took that picture with that porn star. Remember, she had my jersey on. Yes. It was just a picture. Yes. And my friends all knew her. So then the following year came back, and he came back to me and said, yo, Rob, they don't want you no more. You take pictures with porn stars. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. <laughs> so it all worked out. the easy way out. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's funny. Uh, now, who you associate yourself with, even in your personal life, can have really positive or really negative effects on your business life. If you're looking for an example of that for me, look no further than our very own Maverick Carter. When I signed my big contract with the Cleveland Browns in 2014, before I even suited up for a practice, I hit up any and everyone I knew to get connected to Maverick for nothing more than to soak up knowledge. When I finally got in contact, I told him, look, I'm willing to intern, shadow you for a week, a lunch, a coffee, you name it, anything. <laughs> he probably thought I was crazy. I mean, at the time, I was the leading receiver for an NFL team. But for whatever reason, I knew the value that being around a smart business mind could bring to my development off the field. <laughs> and the rest is history. And while Gronk may have gotten off easy with the weird infomercial he was talking about, he's since learned that just because someone wants to give you money, doesn't mean that you should work with them. And now, being that you've obviously been doing this for a long time, I'm sure it's not just like, who paying me the most money? You have a process where you think about what you're doing. Yes, I'm actually, I'm starting to learn that big time. Over the last, even the last seven years, six years of my life, even still, I'm like, oh, 
trying to grab the money, trying to do this, trying to do that. Well, who wants to pay me? But I'm starting to get away from that now. I don't really like that process really anymore. I'm, I'm 28 years old now, and I feel like the way to keep on going forward, the way to keep on moving up is to do the things you truly believe in. Because it's something I believe in. It's something that's getting me to the next level, and that's where I want to lead it to. So. Yeah, and that's, that's interesting to think about because people don't always associate that with athletes, right? But also, one last thing on the family before we move on. Your brother Chris obviously had his ice shaker company. Yes. And he went on Shark Tank, and he walked away with A-Rod and Mark Cuban as his investors. So obviously the Gronks are good at business. You, your dad's been successful. You're not only a successful football player in business, but Chris also was successful. But is there still some competition in business, too? Is Chris like, yo, I'm going to make this win so he can beat all you guys and have a better business than you? <laughs> yes, uh, big time. We, we definitely do compete. But at the same time, like I said, we help each other out. Like my brother, like he's going on Shark Tank. We were all there for him. We were all helping him out. We were all supporting him on Shark Tank with his ice shakers. But inside, while we're, he's doing the ice shaker business, while we're all just together, he's talking garbage, saying, yo, Rob, I'm going to make more money than you do in football. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know, so that, like that, that competition, like he, we want to we keep out competing each other because it, it's just friendly competition, brotherly competition. There's no more fighting aspect of it anymore. <laughs> we don't do that no more, but... We have competition like that, and it's just good. It's just good to help us out. Good to keep us driven. It's and healthy. Yeah. It's healthy. It's super healthy. To you want that competition. Other. I love competition, and I, I thrive for it. Exactly. And is there anything that playing football and specifically playing for the Patriots that you've taken and applied to business and how you think through business? Everything I do in life, I apply it to the football. No doubt about it. It's a hundred percent. Everything business-wise, it takes everything. Everyone's. Everyone's like looking at, oh, you know, this guy doing that on your team, this guy doing that, this guy's this guy, that, blah, whatever. It's the same thing in any other business in the world. That's how I look at it. I look how a business is operated. I look how a football team is operated. Boom, you got the CEO, you got the head coach, you got the owner, you got the owner of the team. You got yeah. all the players that are working, making the phone calls. That's how I look at it. The players are the really ones making the phone calls. You got the quarterback who's leading all the guys trying to make the sales. Yeah. It's like, boom, same thing in the business. So whatever it is, whatever business you say, I relate it to football, and it makes it total sense. It makes, make, makes, it makes sense. It makes total sense, and I do everything like that. And when I do things like that, it just helps me out, keeps my mind clear, and it keeps me forward, and it just works. It's the same Does, thing with basketball. you got to have everyone on. In order for a business to operate, everyone has to be clicking on the same page. In order for a team to keep on winning, every single position has to be on the same page. Or absolutely. else, boom, a corner, let's go of a receiver, boom, touchdown. Even though those other ten guys are killing it, that one guy lets his receiver go, boom, you, you lose right there. So it's just, it's just an example. Everyone needs to be on the same page. Yep, I agree. That, that's, that's actually a smart way to think about it, and I always talk about that too, like, the football team is the best example of it because there's so many guys on the football team. Just like in business, there's so many people, and there's a hierarchy. You know, Belichick yep. comes in, he has a game plan. Like people walk into business, the CEO with a business plan. Here's what we, here's how we got to execute, and the players got to go out and execute. So that's interesting that you think about it that way. I think about it. Everything I do in life is is thought through the football aspect. Yeah, and it's you know it's funny because because of the Gronk, who you are, you're a fun guy. I know you. You're, you're cool. There's a misconception of you. People, are you surprised that people think, 
You know, people would think you were out blowing all your money, but that's not even close to the case. You're a fantastic business guy. You've even talked about you haven't spent any of your endorsement money. But people, I think, would think if they just think of Gronk, they think, oh, he's out partying every night, wasting all of his money. Does that surprise you? Um, at first it did. I mean, it was actually a struggle. When you're 23, 24 years old, 25 was actually when I was going really, really going through that phase. I got hurt a couple times, and boom, I like after the season, I used to go out a little bit. And every time I went out, boom, they would plaster it everywhere. They would do that. Wherever I go, people would be trying to do party, 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 wherever it is at any time. And whatever I did, people would be like, you don't do that. You just party, whatever. I, you know, it really didn't ever bother me. Because if it bothered me, I would have never, ever, ever been able to keep on going. And I always knew I was putting that work in. And I never, ever will ever go out until my work is finished, until I did what I had to do that week, too, the, in order to, you know, keep a balance in life. It's interesting you talked about once that you only spend money from endorsements. You hadn't touched any of your NFL contract money. Is that still true? It's still true. I That's mean, amazing. Well, I mean, it is because when I signed uh, – with when you're allowed to with your agent, he gave me a little um, endorsement bonus that yep. I had to pay back. So I started using that one right away. <laughs> exactly. So boom, I had a good amount right there, but I had to pay that all back through whenever I got endorsements. endorsements but I was using them. that money at first. That's when I bought like my- It was an advance. Yeah. yeah, it was an advancer. So I had to pay that all back eventually whenever I was getting my endorsements, but it was an advancer. And I started using that right away. I bought my car, I started getting the rental for the apartment and everything. But yeah, if you see my NFL money, well, how much I made, I got way more than that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and are you saving for anything in particular? Do you have something in your brain like, yo, I'm saving for that. I'm going to buy something yeah. big eventually. I've always had that plan in my mind. I mean, I'm an easy kind of guy. I mean, I, I can live easy, live normal. I just like to hang with the boys, you know, just have a good time no matter what's going on. I'm not trying to be extra fancy with anything. I just want to have a good time with, with the fellows, with everyone out there. And, uh, so I never really needed that luxury like that because back in my mind, too, I always knew I was saving, too, because I do one day want to be very, very comfortable when I'm done with everything and, you know, is there, not, it, not really sure exactly what I want. Not, but you're not sure. You know you're saving for something. Yes. Is it to see a number and you're like you want to hit a number or is it to buy something like some purchase you want to make? Uh, some purchase. Some purchase, nice. Some nice living purchase. Nice, Just Got chilling it. by the beach with the oceans hitting the waves. Nice, the a nice house, the, the beach sand. house. You yes. invite me down. Something like that, so. Yeah. And you obviously are really, I mean, that's a really smart thing to think about saving money that way. But is there one thing now that's like a guilty pleasure that like you're like, I still got to buy this, even though I'm saving, I'm doing, but I still spend a little money when I see this or want that? Uh, there is one thing, and it's really, really, it's really, really pricey. But uh, it's the private jets. Yes. The private jets are pricey. I can tell you that right now. But I'll, t I'll tell you why I do it. That's one thing. Also, why I spend money on, I save my money. Uh, my big, my big pays are always in the private jets because I go through the airports, and you know, Boston is crazy, dude. People just attack you, like. Well, you yes. got, I'm telling you, you got 50, 100 people just running at you with camera phones demanding you for this. I mean, I'm not, I don't like to put myself in a position where it brings, like, anxiety to you. You get really anxious. And until you're through that process, like, you, you'll understand it. Like, my friends even don't like it. They don't like being around me when, when I'm in I circumstances like that. And they understand it, too. So I actually really spend my mo most of it on security and luxury. And luxury. It's oh. a, just, a, just to put myself out of those situations. Uh, but also, there's one thing, too. Uh, when, when I signed my incentive deal last year, uh, my friend had a chain. 
And I was like, dang, man, that's a nice chain. In a necklace? I never had jewelry in my life. A friend of yours who plays on the team? No. Another was, friend. Yeah, another friend. And I was like, dang, he let me wear it last year at a party. I was like, dang. <laughs> did, did it make you, how did it make you feel? It made me feel good. So then, <laughs> so then I signed my incentive deal last year. And back in my head, I said, if I hit all my incentives, if I do everything I need to do, get all my bonuses, do put all the work in, I gotta finally treat myself. It's been eight years, I haven't really bought anything in my career, no, don't really have anything luxury like that, so last week I finally went out and bought myself a chain. I got it on right now, on, it's right it. here, Give baby. I finally got one, and I love too. this puppy. It looks good, yeah. too. So it's it, my first thing I ever gotten. I love it, and it feels good. Does it, and now, it, I know, now I know why people got jewelry. <laughs> now I understand why. All right, I'll be real with y'all. It's important to be smart with your money, but sometimes you need to spend a little bit on yourself, just like robbing his chain. However, you gotta be smart when you splurge on yourself. You see, I consider myself a sneaker enthusiast, and my love for sneakers came from me growing up idolizing basketball players and their shoes they wore, but never really being able to afford them. So, there was this particular time that a shoe company re-released a limited amount of the sneaker I spent my entire childhood wanting. The only problem was, there were so few on the market that the price tag had reached the four figures. And that's when I had to implement my own three rules for splurging. One, prioritize your loves over your likes. Because this particular sneaker had sentimental value to me and my journey through life, I knew there was less of a chance of me getting buyer's remorse. Two, wait on it. Whenever you get those impulse urges to spend on things you haven't budgeted for, give yourself time to think through it. For me, even after weeks of considering it, the urge was as present as ever. And number three, consider things that are gonna hold their value first. And that doesn't have to be just things. Even a vacation might provide you with the experience of a lifetime. If you're wondering, I did buy the sneakers, and as luck would have it, they're now a collector's item worth seven times the amount that I paid for them. Now Gronk may be rocking his chain these days, but he's not totally decked out in bling all the time. In fact, he might need to spend more on his clothes. Gronk's bad habits coming right after the break. All right, let's get back to the conversation between Maverick and Rob Gronkowski. There was a time when you didn't have as much money as you did now on the way before you signed your big contract with the Patriots. And we all have habits that we just can't break. That Like, this is what I used to do when I, like some people say, I still use coupons. So what is your broke habit? What's the one thing you still do all even right. though you have money? My broke habit still is my clothing and shoes. No matter what, I, if, what, if I like the clothing, I like the shoes, I'll wear those shoes and I'll wear that clothing down to its rag down. <laughs> like, my shirt will finally, the way my sh I can get rid of a good shirt that I wore 50 times already is that I have to, like, spill everything on it. It has to get ripped off in the club or something, and then, boom, I'll finally get rid of that shirt. But my shoes, I still wear it to the T. I wear, I wear it down until my shoes are raggedy. No matter like, what. No matter what. And my clothes, if I like it, if I like the jeans, I'll, I'll sometimes wear the jeans seven days straight, but I make sure I throw them in the washer, like, day three <laughs> but I just just when I get something like it's just it's just a natural habit I mean I mean my parents whatever my brothers had fit of hockey equipment baseball equipment even clothes they used to just hand it down to us 
and down to us kids. I mean, 10 years old, 8 years old. That helped. Well, that's us. right. You're, so I would say that, just that's why I kind of start maybe learning my savings was just right there. Yeah. Like just being indulged in it, them handing down clothes. And I, that's why I just feel like I have no problem ever just wearing the same shirt, wearing the same jeans, shorts, until I totally got to finally get rid of them. That's amazing. And obviously, <laughs> um, in the locker room, as you said, the, you, you, the team is family. And obviously, you've been very smart about your money and finance. Do young guys or guys in the locker room come up to you for advice? Yes, uh, they do. I had this one guy this year, actually. He came up to me. With, he's like, hey, Rob, I'm, you got a Hummer. I see it. I want to get a Hummer. But my agent's telling me I shouldn't get a Hummer. It, you know, it costs too much. You won't, you, you'll lose too much. He was a free agent. He was a rookie. So it's not like... He had a lot, a lot of cake coming in. So he asked me, he's like, but it's like 22 grand. He's like, what do you think? You got a Hummer, like how much gas does it take and everything? And I was like, dude, if you want a Hummer, you played one year, you can get a Hummer. Like it's $22,000. It's not like you're buying a $120,000 luxury. You can pay for the gas or whatever. And I was like, what are you doing right now? What's your car? He's like, oh, I got a rental. I'm like, how much are you paying for the rental a week? He's like, $400. I was like, dog, hurry up and buy that damn Hummer. <laughs> like, that was crazy. That was mind-blowing to me. He's paying $400 a week for, like, the last six weeks. That's incredible. I'm like, dude, hurry up and put the down payment on the Hummer. Just go get the Hummer. Yeah, go get the Hummer. You basically already bought it. And do you think, why do you think players or athletes have a tough time managing that money? Is it because they don't think things through like that? I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean... You got to understand money too. I mean, if you never, you know, you never really had money growing up. I didn't really understand money either until you get 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 start getting some and getting more. Like I said, you're just taking deals left and right. You just want the money, but you really don't understand money or how to understand and make money until you go through the whole process. And I feel like it's really tough. I mean, I've, everyone goes through that stages, especially. But I mean, you 20, 21 years old. I mean, of course. And you're young. You just want to have some fun. I mean, I I don't. It's tough. Exactly. I, and you also, I think, have done an incredible job. It's really smart. Because, to, you, to your point, it might have bothered you at first that people would take pictures of you when you were out partying or whatever, and you built kind of this, this way that people go, oh, that's just Gronk being Gronk if you're out partying. But you've also turned it into a business, which is really smart. How have you balanced saving money and, and being smart with your money, but also making sure you have the fun you want to have, too? Um, to make sure you can have the fun, I've always balanced it as if you got your work done, you did everything right that week, you got your workouts in, you did what you had to do on the work side, that you got to have time to go out. you got to have a balanced life. I mean, I've tried it before, no lie. I literally try to stay in three weeks straight, do everything right. Even on Saturdays, get an extra workout in. I'm telling you, I, I was getting worse. Like that following Monday, I didn't even want to work out. I was like, yo, I, like, I didn't do anything this weekend. Why do I need to work out of on course. Monday? Like, so I, I think a balanced life is crucial, but you never want, you only want a little bit of the balanced life. You always want to be working, but if you want to have some fun, you got to have a little bit of it for sure. And uh, just kind of made it my job too. One day when everyone was ripping on me, oh, he parties too much. He ain't never going to come back from injuries. I remember 24, 25, I told my brothers, wait till a couple more years. People are going to be paying me to party with them. And that's exactly so, right. And you, you organize, obviously, the Gronk Cruise, yes. the party bus. You wrote the Gronk Memoir. What is the Gronk experience, by the way? Like, if I was on that cruise or we were on that cruise, what happens? Take us through the Gronk experience. <laughs> all right. I'm telling you, all right, so that cruise was a one and done. <laughs> I, I can tell you that right now. Hey, you know, everyone brings it up. Everyone talks about that cruise all the time. That cruise was a one and done. But I'm telling you, if you talk to every artist, 
every DJ, every performer, every comedian that was on the boat, they all, they all say it was the best weekend of their lives. If you talk to all the people, all the people that were on the boat that bought tickets, boom, they all said it was the best, hands down, best weekend of their lives. I mean, it's just basically the experience, I would say, is well, I brought the whole party crew, though. It's not just me. I can't take all the credit. Of course. Like, like somehow I, I bring the party crew around when I need to, you know, put the party boots on so they can take over the load half of the course. time. Like, yeah. but and I got some friends that can just go all day. So you bring them all on. They're all great people. They love hanging out with everyone. And the experience is just having a blast. Just not caring about what's going on. Who's that? Who's over there? Who's that person? It's just going up, having a good time, dancing your face off, just having a blast with everyone, and just letting them be free at the moment. Exactly. And let me ask you this question. When you go out in Boston, do you ever pay for anything? In, do you have to pay for anything in Boston? Uh, sometimes. Really? <laughs> if you go to dinner or go out for a night out in Boston, people let you pay for stuff? Uh, yeah. I mean, depends where I'm at, what I'm doing, who, if, I, if I know the person. But I actually don't mind. I love paying for everything. And I don't like taking freebies. I don't like having God, free dinners. Yes. If they want to give me a free dinner, I sometimes, if I'm, especially at a mom and pop shop, I don't ever want to take a free dinner. They've been working hard. It's a family owned. I want to help them out. Smart. They're helping me out. As long as they take care of me at the restaurant, they do what they got to do, I've, I don't mind ever paying. Because also, if you don't pay, they give it to you for free, then everyone wants like 50 things more after. Of course, they expect something. Yeah, they expect something after Did you have to learn that lesson time. the hard way? I learned that lesson the hard, hard way. I mean, people, hey, Rob, take this, take that. I took it. Boom. Freaking a week later, yo, Rob, you owe me this. You owe me that. <laughs> yeah. You got to give me five tickets to the game. I'm like, why? You're like, I'm like, you handed me that. I didn't ask you for that. You handed <laughs> exactly. me that. But I definitely learned, you definitely learn throughout the process. But I mean, I don't mind. Everyone has to work. Everyone has to do their thing. So I don't mind ever paying for everything I do. And, you know, I had Draymond Green on uh, in the first season of Needing Dough, and he told me uh, he once in Miami got overwhelmed, his ego got caught up, and he was a young guy in the league, and he spent $21,000 at a nightclub. He said he just got caught up, and his friends were there, and he lost control. And his, He said it was an ego thing. He was young. He said he doesn't have those moments anymore. Have you ever had a moment like that where you lost control? Of course. <laughs> What was your biggest uh, bill? It was like when you I don't want those moments anymore either. <laughs> I agree. You got to go through the process. You got to go through the ringer. And it's just, I've been saying that with everything right now to my friends. Like these new, I've been doing workouts. I've been doing things to, to have my body feeling good so I can learn. But the only reason where I'm at now is because I've got injured 10 times. I've been, I've been through the whole ringer. Now I know what to do, the exercises to do for my back, for my elbow, for my knee, for my ankle, so I have no pain. You got to go through the ringer of every single process in order to get to where you want to be. And the ringer is some pain because he and, told me <laughs> when he woke up the next morning and the alcohol wore off yeah. and he realized what it is that Count was calling him going, what'd you do last night? Yeah. He goes, it was painful. It's like, yeah, you wake up with a hangover and you're like, wow, I'm so, I feel like garbage. And you, then you look at your checking account and you're like, wow, there's 15 grand gone too. Like, <laughs> like this sucks. Uh, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that much fun. Exactly. Uh, I slept next to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Now, not all of us have let loose and dropped 15 grand in one night. But Gronk's right. Sometimes you got to be real with yourself and your finances and tell your friends that you can't go out and party, which sucks. But sometimes you got to save that money, right? In my first season as a professional playing in Canada, I made roughly $50,000. 
I know, I know. That paled in comparison to what NFL players were pulling in, but as a single 22-year-old, I had more money than I ever had in my life. The result was me living in a bachelor pad in downtown Montreal that was way out of my budget. Me going out anywhere and everywhere I pleased, and ultimately, me spending my money faster than it was coming in. So much so, I went back for my second season with absolutely nothing to show for it. Terrifying times for a guy who didn't even know if he would make the team again. But the whole experience served as an important life lesson about finances. The following season, I moved in with a random roommate. I didn't shop at all and I packed a lunch every single day. I learned from my mistakes and I began to value choosing future over fun. So Rob's being smarter about his money these days and he's investing in a place that really matters to him, his community. Me and you have had this conversation. You care a lot about kids. And you have the Gronk Nation Youth Foundation. What is it about kids and giving back that inspires you and what makes you want to do it? Uh, what makes me want to do is because my, my childhood memory was unbelievable. I mean, I wish I could go back and be in that childhood memory again. I mean, I feel like I truly believe in that I grew up in the best street that you can possibly grow up on in America for athletic-wise, for friend-wise, for family-wise, because we just, it was just a middle-class street uh, down, down right near our schools, and we had about 20 kids my age, my brother's age, everyone, just 20 kids that were all athletes and we were all friends. And whenever you need to play a basketball game, whenever you need to play this game, boom, we call up our brothers, we call up our friends, and boom, we were playing games just like that at all times. So my childhood memory was just such a great experience that, and I truly, truly believe it has helped me to get to where I am to this day. I mean, without taking all the beatings from my brothers, from my friends, I feel like I would never be this tough and this athletic ever if I wasn't facing, I was facing kids four years older than me every single day on the streets. So I want to be able to give the opportunity to these kids that are less fortunate to be able to have the access to having football equipment, to go into the playground, just to be able to play out there and stay out of trouble and go out. Because I, I believe I was out of trouble. I never was, in, I mean, I was in bad, you know, like, Silly a trouble, kid. You were like a kid, a kid trouble. Yeah. I was never in serious trouble, no, nothing like that, because we were always playing sports every single day. So I want to be able to give these kids an opportunity to have that, to have what I had growing up, so they can be on the right path and they can compete and they can live out their dreams. And do you, obviously, you, the way you talk, I can tell you're very inspired into kids. And obviously, we've been having this whole conversation about saving and budgeting. And would there be any tips that you would give young people about saving and budgeting their money? Uh, yes, I mean, definitely definitely save it. Um, I mean, to the young bucks, I mean, just get what you just need. Just get what you just need and a little bit more. Put all the rest away. You never know what's going to happen. You never know how long you're going to play for. You never know what's going to happen down the future, injury-wise, getting cut, getting released, whatever. I mean, just do what you need to do and then save the rest as of now because you never know what's going to go down there. I mean, obviously, I'm eight years now. I'm established a lot more. But at the beginning of the career, that was my, my, that was my model, my theory, was just, just, just what I need to be comfortable to what I need to make me play well, where I can get my sleep. Just like, like exactly, I would invest in a really good bed. So the bed would help me out to exactly. where I need. But I wouldn't buy no, my rookie. I was not in no mansion, no whatever, just apartment running with a couple of rookies. Just doing what I need just to get me by, just to get me where I want to be, uh, to be happy and just play ball from there. And when you first started, did you have in your mind 
how long you thought you would play or how long do you really like, I want to play 10 years or I want to play 15 years. I only want, were you, were you at all thinking about how long you would play and nervous that this could end in three years or five years? Did you think through those things, like how long you would play? Uh, my rookie year, I mean, I was just so glad to be there, to tell you the truth. And in back of my mind, I, I, I just, they always hounded us, like in the meetings, oh, the average NFL player only plays three and a, I think it was two and a half years at the time. It's something like that, two and a half or three and a half. It's one of those. And that's what they hounded us on. And that one always stuck in the back of my mind. So I've always had a game plan like, oh, I'm going to make this much this year because it was my rookie contract. So it was a four-year deal. I'm going to make that much this year and that much that year. So I always just had in the back of my mind, all right, if I just spend that much and I have all the rest, boom. If I only play four years, boom, I have that much more uh, saved up that I'm comfortable until I find something else to do. And that was my, my mindset. I didn't think. I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to play 10 years. I was just thinking, I got this four-year contract. The average years in the NFL is three years, I would say. So might as well just look at it in that way, in that perspective right there. And, but then in 2012, you signed what was then a record deal for a tight end um, when you signed your $54 million deal. Did your mindset change after that at all? Did you start thinking about the world different or the league different? Um, not really. I mean, I, I did everything the same still as my rookie year on my rookie deal. I once, I would, exactly everything the same. I would say I did everything the same my rookie year all the way up to like age 24, except the only thing I didn't do the same was spend that money at those <laughs> nightclubs. <laughs> like, like, you know, you get caught up, you think you got the money, boom, you do got the money, but you're spending at the nightclubs. And eventually, you know, you start getting smarter and what you should do with it. But that was the only, only area I would say around that age, my young 20s, I was really spending any money. Got it. And are there any other athletes or mentors that you look to for advice or you look to and go like, they inspire you financially and business-wise, like they're doing it right, I want to do what they're doing? Uh, yes, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, there's one guy on my team, uh, our quarterback, Brady. I mean, just the, just the way he presents himself, the way he does things, the, his endorsements and everything, just the way he's been playing, how long he's been playing for, just seeing what he does, how he's, like, I never really asked him personally, but just watching him do things, seeing how he operates and just learn. And then another one is your friend, LeBron. I mean, dude, he's just... He's, he's got his own empire, dude. Every time you watch him on TV, he's got the game. He's got the commercials. He's got stuff going on left and right. He's got movies now, all that going on. So that's just another inspiration right there on how he does things, and he's doing it right every single day. Yeah, and it's interesting. Tom, who I know a bit too, is obviously – seems like he's focusing as his career is winding down. He's starting to think about TB12 as a business for whenever he's done. LeBron, I've obviously had the conversations. I know when he's done, he wants to own a team and be in the production and content world and be a movie star. Have you thought about whenever you're done playing, what's life after football look like for Grunt? I've done it a few times. I've thought about it. I mean, I would say the last couple of years, I've thought about it um, a few times. But I'll say more recently, definitely thinking about life after football because, I mean, I'm being realist now. I see I see players' careers end. It's like when you start seeing players' careers end and then you see them a year later. Sometimes I'm like, yo, what you doing? They're like, yo, I ain't doing anything. Like, I'm trying to get into stuff. I'm like, dang. Like, like he's like, man, I wish I set up something. Started like, thinking wow. about it early. Started thinking about early instead of right when he's done, boom, you don't really have anything on the plate. So, I mean – I've been thinking about a lot of things. I can get into the uh, the fitness industry yeah. with my family. Because you know that, that side, that business well. side. And you have Gronk Fitness going already. Yeah, it's got Gronk Fitness going on, and also, uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of the movie stuff too. Are you recently. enjoying that? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. So I've been actually yesterday. I've been having a couple meetings with a couple 
uh, big guys out here, and uh, I feel like possibly maybe I'm More not I'm not saying. I'm not 100% certain of what I really, really want to do, but I like to put my foot into the door of a lot of different things, and that's what I do. I got a couple of TV shows coming out that I just did. I did something yesterday, a little show. I'm, I'm probably going to do something for Shark Tank with them too. It's just stuff that you just do and put your foot in the door. So then when it comes down to it, when it comes to crunch time, when you're done playing, boom, you're, 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 your brain's thinking, you know what you want to do, you know what path. I, right now, I have no clue what path I truly want to hit after my career. But, but you're starting to think I about it. I'm starting to think about it and put my foot in the door with many options. And LeBron, like LeBron, he did one movie and was great at it. And it was, it was uh, I think he had to work like two weeks. So it was a lot of work. He had to show up every day. And I think some of those days were eight to 10 hour days. But he actually loved it. I think he loved, he loved being coached. Like, because there's a director, which to him is like a coach coaching him are you having is it fun for you to act and do that are you actually having fun doing it that's crazy that's when you just know you got a true competitor on your hands because when I go into the shoots I want the director I say you coach me right now that's the best way I can learn it's like going on the football field I was gonna say did you approach it like I approach it like that game? I tell the director I say give you, me the playbook you give me the playbook you tell me what to do right there and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my best shot but if you don't tell me what to do I I, I really don't know what you want I really don't know how you want it I feel like you just need to tell me and boom, I'm going to try and smack it out of the park as best as possible. That's awesome. And then in retirement, will you think about money and saving the same way you have during your football career? Um, I'm not really sure. Or are you going to get that beach house? <laughs> I, I feel like I'll, I'll probably spend a little bit more after. Exactly. You'll deserve it. Because when you're playing, too, six months of the year, you're just driving home and driving to the stadium, and you're not really doing anything out and about. So when you have a full year of free time, I would say that I would be spending more money. Got it, I'm sure. Well, um, thank you, Rob. I appreciate Rob being here. Thank you guys for being here. And again, thank Chase. Yes, thank you guys. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of Needing Dough, the podcast, presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. It's free, it helps others find the show, and that way, you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again to our partners for this show, Chase. Head over to Chase.com and see what Chase has to offer. Our executive producers are myself, TD St. Matthew Daniel, and Ben Adair. And I'm Andrew Hawkins, a.k.a. Hawk, telling you what a wise man always told me. A penny saved is a penny earned.